Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio. You are here for a reason. This news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Just as you are, come. Just as you are, come. 
Well, happy Sunday to you. Thank you for being here, everyone. I hope you enjoy that song as much as I do. I've played it before. It's a very appropriate song. Come just as you are. And you're going to see people who were obedient to that in this chapter. You know, so many people think you have to prepare to come to God. You have to be made clean first. Well, you're going to see quite the opposite of that. And you're going to see the obedience to the call uh, just uh, immediately. And, you know, in the, the word now means now. And come, now is the time to worship. And, you know, I'm going to paraphrase, but I don't know how many of you ever heard of the story behind that song with Brian Dirksen as the artist, one of my favorites. You know, he was getting pretty popular as a worship leader, and, you know, he decided to go out and he wanted to organize a tour <laughs> across Canada. <laughs> and, uh, you know, me having some expertise in that area, Canada is not a good place to tour. <laughs> it's pretty spread out and it's very expensive to travel far. You know, in the United States, you can do five, 10 venues in 50 miles where, you know, Canada, you can't do that unless you're in a city like Toronto. And he, you know, put everything in, you know, he thought the Lord is blessing him, but he did it on his own. And the tour was a terrible failure. He went broke. Him and his family had to, you know, move in with his parents. Very humbling. And I believe he was in London at the time. That's where his parents were living. And, you know, obviously humbled, wondering what was going on. Why didn't Jesus bless him? Well, he did it on his own strength. God didn't tell him. He probably thought that God would bless him, but he assumed it. And it was at his weakest moment, one of his weakest moments, and he's walking down the street, and literally that lyric came, came into his head and obviously achieved great success through it. and. And he learned a lot of lessons from it. And uh, that's just a practical example of the scriptures that we're going to be studying today. Welcome, everyone. Hey, put in the uh, in the chat where, where you're from, what country or, or what state or province, but uh, what country if you're outside of North America in particular, because we won't recognize a lot of the cities unless it's a major city. I'd love to see where you're from. Let me just pray, and then I'm going to read the scriptures. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege of doing this Bible study. It is an honor to read your word, Lord, and I pray that the Holy Spirit gives each one of us the interpretation of your word and what you're trying to say to each and every individual here. Minister to them, Lord, the words that you mean for them. You know exactly where they are in their walk, where each one of us is in our walk. And and Lord, as you demonstrated here, as you were walking the earth in this chapter, you meet people exactly where they're at. So Father, we pray that with your word this day, and we ask that you bless the reading of your word as well. 
in Jesus' name, I pray. Oh, right before I, I get into it, I want to thank each one of you who have who have signed up for the Write On community. A whole bunch of you did, and that's really awesome. I haven't had a chance to really be in there since I announced it. However, now that you have joined, and if you haven't joined yet, the link, go to writeonyou.com, go to the menu at the top, click community. It's super easy to get in. Use your best email. For those of you who have already joined, though, Remember, this community is built by you and for you. And if each one of us just contributes one or two things a week, we're going to have an extensive database. I'm not going to go through the catalog again or the categories. And I can add more categories. You can put them in the general discussion and, you know, I'll, I'll pray about it and I'll see if it's appropriate at this time to put it in. But also, when someone puts an article in there, if you open up their article and you read it and, you know, if you, you can like it or if you reply to it, the way it's currently set up right now is that person who originally posted the article or whatever it is in there will actually get an email saying, hey, Misty River commented on your post. And then you can see, and you know what? If when you comment on someone's, uh, you could thank them. You could say it really blessed me, or is where can I find the the source of this? Because I want to know more. This is how we build community. This is how you will start to interact with each other in an organized way. And I also want to just mention, I did on Friday, but I I failed to do so on Thursday when I launched this. As I just want to thank all of the moderators, all, all the people in the, uh, what, what I like to call the Trust Jesus Club that, you know, really helped me beta test this and get it started and gave feedback and everything. Each one of you, I sincerely appreciate you going the extra mile, which you did. And one last thing, last week I introduced a new way to support the show. Of course, we still have Patron, which is on Podbean. You could buy the mushrooms, you could buy things, but I've introduced this new easy way to do it, which is Donor Box. And I just want to show it to you. I'll be very brief, I promise. But I want to show you, you know, because you'll understand why I did it. So if you go to the link that is supplied in the description, you'll just see this and you can, you know, choose an amount. Or you can make a custom amount. You can write a comment, but I'll just click an amount for speed's sake. And then it's just first name, last name, email, and then next. And then it's like your credit card or PayPal or Venmo or whatever. It's super easy. You don't have to create an account. You don't have to do any of that stuff. So it is super easy and it uh, incorporates a whole bunch of ways that you can participate if you feel led to do so. All right. We're into Matthew chapter nine today. We're definitely not going to get through this chapter. There's so much here. And, you know, one, one comment, remember Matthew, because you're actually going to see the introduction of Matthew into the disciples here. The 
Gospel of Matthew is not written in chronological order. It is a little bit, but like Luke and Mark are very chronological and, and quite a bit more detail in them than Matthew is. Matthew is just like, here's the story, bing, bang, boom, economy of words, in and out. But he put together his gospel in a logical order. And, you know, I don't think there's a mistake in it. the reason that the Lord put this as the very first of the four gospels. It's because he gets a lot of information out in, in, you know, what I would call an economy of words, where, you know, you go to Luke in particular and you get a lot more detail. But the uh, the main points and the precepts and master concepts is what we're going to be covering here today. So thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter 9. Getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over the Sea of Galilee and came to his own city. And they brought to him a paralyzed man laying on a stretcher. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man who was paralyzed, Take courage, son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. And Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralyzed man, get up, pick up your stretcher and go home. And he got up and went home. But when the crowd saw this, they were awestruck and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. And Jesus went on from there and he saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax collector's office. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and he followed him. Then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came in and began dining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and sinners? But Jesus heard this and he said, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Now go on and learn what this means. I desire compassion rather than sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Then the disciples of John came to him asking, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, The attendants of the groom cannot mourn as long as the groom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the groom is taken away from them, and they will fast. But no one puts a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, where the patch pulls away from the garment, and worse, tear results. Nor do people put new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wineskins burst, and the wine pours out and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. 
And while he was saying these things to him, behold, a synagogue official came down and bowed down before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will become alive again. Jesus got up from the table and began to accompany him along with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the border of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, if I can touch his cloak, I will get well. But Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, Daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. And at once the woman was made well. When Jesus came into the official's house and saw the flute players and the crowd in a noisy disorder, he said, Leave, for the girl has not died, but is asleep. And they began laughing at him. But when the crowd had been sent out, he entered and took her by the hand. And the girl got up, and news spread throughout the land. And Jesus went out from there. Two men who were blind followed him, crying out, Have mercy on us, son of David. And after he entered the house, the men who were blind came up to him and said, Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, It shall be done for you according to your faith. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout that land. And as they were going out, behold, a demon-possessed man who was unable to speak was brought to him. And after the demon was cast out, the man who was previously unable to speak talked. And the crowds were amazed, and they were saying, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees were saying, He casts out demons by the ruler of demons. And Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness. Seeing the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Wow. <laughs> God bless your word. Man, there is a lot here, folks. And I'm going to stick to basically what Matthew includes in this chapter. As I mentioned at the top, when you get into Mark and Luke, particularly in some of these stories, there's an incredible amount of detail that is put in, and it's put in for a reason. But I'd also suggest to you that Matthew leaves it out for a reason. And so both you know, the different methods have purpose in the Lord. Obviously, it's his book. So you'll remember from the end of chapter 8, Jesus had just 
cast the demons out of the two men that came from the tomb and they went into the pigs. The pigs went into the water and drowned. And the people from the town said, please leave. <laughs> you know, they just couldn't process it at the time. So the next chapter starts off because, you know, he was right there beside the boat. He wasn't there long. So he got back into the boat. And Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee and came to his own city. And they brought him a paralyzed man lying on a stretcher. And many of you will know this story. The paralyzed man was being carried in a blanket, and Jesus is preaching in a house. And I just want to give you the visual of this. And, you know, the house is full of people. Everyone wants to be around Jesus. He was attracting big crowds. So there were people in the house or people outside of the house trying to hear everything that Jesus says. And these four men who were carrying this paralyzed man needed to get the paralyzed man to Jesus, and they could not get through the crowd. So they, you know, it had to be a lot of effort, folks. They climb up on the roof, and they get this guy on the blanket up to the roof. They basically, you know, shoveled out the clay from the roof to make a hole in the roof to lower this guy down before Jesus. And I'm going to make a point about these healings that we're going to cover today that I think is really, really important. So I hope you stay for it. So they brought him the paralyzed man laying on a stretcher and seeing their faith. He's talking about the people who carried the paralyzed man. Jesus said to the man who was paralyzed, you know, because he was <laughs> lowered down through the roof. He said, take courage, son. That's interesting as well. He's saying, son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes, so the scribes are the ones who really know the law. They're the ones who constantly write it down. And they're saying to themselves, this man is blaspheming. But they're saying it to themselves, okay? But Jesus, hearing their thoughts, okay, that's important. Jesus, hearing their thoughts said, why are you thinking evil in your hearts? So why would it be evil for Jesus to be saying, your sins are forgiven? Well, you have to understand the scribes were there because they were curious. They did not, for the most part, recognize him as being the Messiah in the flesh. And knowing the law, they were actually right in their thoughts because under the law, only God can forgive sins, but they didn't recognize him as God. So they said, he is blaspheming. And then so Jesus calls them out. And so not only is this guy, you know, healing a cripple here, but he's reading their minds. 
He says, why are you thinking evil in their hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? And he gives the answer right away, because he's identifying himself as God in the flesh to them right here. So, you know, there's a lot of people, and I've heard people argue, well, Jesus never actually claimed to be God. Yes, he did. He does right here. He says, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive the sins. And then he looks back at the paralyzed man and says, get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. And he got up and he went home and the crowds saw this and they were awestruck and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. So they're glorifying God, thinking that the, God gave the authority to Jesus and that's correct, but they're still not computing because they're seeing a man. You understand this is, this is the, Thing. People were coming all around him because of the miracles and because of his wise teaching. He knew the word better than anybody. He is the word. But they're still trying to figure this out. <clears throat> because, you know, there's a saying, your eyes don't lie, and they're looking and they're seeing a man. But Jesus did two things here that only God can do. And this is a really important point. God is the only one who forgives sins. And you see, they wouldn't recognize this part of it because in the Old Testament, people would do an atonement for their sins. They would bring a sacrifice and, you know, they'd bring it to the temple and you know, there'd be, they'd do the sacrifice, they'd sprinkle a little bit of blood, and there would be an atonement, and it was meant to symbolize the sacrifice. And of course, it was all pointing towards Jesus coming to do it. But, you know, in, in my study in this, it did you realize that nowhere in the Old Testament does it say, if you keep the law and do all the sacrifices, you're going to go to heaven? It's not what the old covenant was. And he references the old covenant coming up in the next set of uh, scriptures here. Because no one could keep the law and earn their way into heaven. Now, did people get to heaven? Yes. But it was a measure of their faith and what their heart was. God is just. I'm not going to say there's an exact formula. And Jesus also, obviously, is the only one who can heal. And, you know, I think modern-day Christians, and, you know, there's a lot of different denominations, and some people feel, and they use these scriptures, actually, to say that, you know, we can heal in the authority of God. No, we can't. We pray and ask. God to heal. Is it right for us to pray for someone? Absolutely. And God sometimes does it, sometimes he won't. 
He knows best. But we can pray to God and ask him. But the other thing is, is we cannot forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. But we can reassure people because we've been given the authority to do so that their sins are forgiven if they have repented, if they have chosen Jesus. And it's not uncommon for someone to doubt their salvation at certain points in their walk. And you can reassure them because the scripture tells us so. That's part of the new covenant. We can reassure them, no, 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 your sins are forgiven. Go on. Believe in God. Go move in faith. But we do not have the authority to do either of these. So God is clearly, well, he, Jesus is clearly saying that he is God. Now, the other thing that's interesting in those first verses is that God reads thoughts. And I think every one of us knows that God can read your mind. So if I was just going to say something that I've picked up out of wisdom for myself, and you could say this is right or wrong, but when I have a sinful thought, and I do often, I don't hide it from the Lord. He saw it anyways. He knows. Lord, why do I cling on to these things? I'll ask him. Why am I such a disaster, Lord? Clean my mind, please. You know, or, or sometimes, you know, this might be a bit more candid than I want to be, but I can't be the only one. But if you have a pleasurable dream and you wake up, go, oh, wow, <laughs> want to get back to that dream and you know it's bad. Uh, Lord, why? Why do I want these things? I know they're bad. I know they're bad for me. Be honest with the Lord. I think, I think at least in my life, he appreciates the honest comment. I don't try to hide it and pretend it didn't happen. I turn to him and try to walk through it. And quite honestly, you know, when it says to pray without ceasing, that might not be considered prayer by many, but it's certainly conversation. And we're in the family. Do you only go to God when you're ready, you're cleaned up and you're ready to get down on your knees? You know, you're you're clean, okay, I've repented and everything, now I can go pray. Well, it, it's good to prepare yourself for prayer. Like when we have our prayer meetings, the prayer team prepares themselves before it even starts. But just like that song, come, now is the time to worship. You don't have to be clean. You can just... You admitting that you are not God and he is, is a form of worship. Do you see the simplicity of the gospel? And just, I got to tell you, in reading this story about the man who's lowered through the roof, and he's been paralyzed. And Jesus says, get up, and he gets up. Jesus says, go, and he goes. When I read this, Oh, God, you could have made a better story out of this. 
I thought that. So I talked to him about it. Here's how I would have done it, Lord. <laughs> and, and by the way, I got immediate correction. I'll tell you what it is. But I said to the Lord, why wouldn't this guy who just got healed jump up and do jumping jacks? You know, touch the roof. Look, I can jump this high. I can do this. I can do that. You know, dance like David danced. Why wouldn't he show this joy? But the Lord said, go and he goes. You see, my thoughts, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And here's kind of what I, when I said that to the Lord in my brain, <laughs> in my alleged head, I realized that, well, he says, pick up your stretcher and go home. I felt that there was an urgency. These people had already seen the miracle, but how many people in the town would have seen this paralyzed man right away, walking down the street, carrying his stretcher? It was like there's an urgency to get his testimony out there. Okay, these people have seen it. Go. Go. So while my scenario was good, and I'm sure Jesus got entertained by me thinking that my version was better. <laughs> it's not. I, I I just share these things so you know that, well, first of all, how flawed I am. And, and you are too. I might be more flawed than you, but <laughs> we're flawed together. And now we get to Matthew being called. <laughs> and... You know, it's amazing because Matthew is writing the story of him being called out and he gives one verse to it. Obviously he didn't want to boast in himself or, and he probably didn't want to tell how bad he was either because verse nine says, and Jesus went on from there. He saw a man called Matthew sitting in a tax collector's office and he said, follow me. And he got up and he followed him. Now, again, you know, when you get into Luke uh, in particular, you're going to get a lot more detail on this Luke, the physician, but tax collectors were despised. They were like a rat, you know, someone who rats out his brother. It's someone who's serving the enemy and, you know, your neighbor turned against you and they're, you know, they're working for the man. You know, this was under Roman law. And here's a Jewish man taking Jewish people's money and giving it to the Romans. And by the way, getting rich doing it. You could make a lot of money as a tax collector. So they were the scum of the earth. And I must admit, although I don't, hold people who have a job doing it to the same degree as they did back then. The fact that we pay taxes, I despise. And I despise the government for imposing all the taxes. And if I may just take a quick side note, from all my study in stewardship, I feel that if there's one, if there's one tax that really upsets God. And in fact, it's blasphemous. It's your property tax. 
putting a tax on God's land. Ooh. You know, the, the people who came up with that one, I think, got some splaining to do when they stand in front of Jesus. But I love the simplicity. You know, Matthew is getting wealthy, and, you know, it's recorded. He, he was well-to-do, despised by everyone, but he had money, you know. Uh, he chose his priority. He chose financial gain over popularity. But yet Jesus just said, come. And he closes shop and comes just like that. And says, come to my house. Let's have a, let's have some dinner. So they, verse 10, they're at Matthew's house. And of course there's tax collectors there because tax collectors would have hung out with other tax collectors because everyone else despised them, including their families, by the way, because their families would be shunned if their son or brother was a tax collector. Like, you know, it was a stain on your entire family. So it's tax collectors and sinners were there. And why would there be sinners? So these were kind of the the scummy people of the town who could you know, who would go to a tax collector's house. Why? Because he had money. He probably had good food, you know, probably put out a good spread. (laughs) So they don't care. They had no, you know, we'll go. We'll go to Matthew's house. I don't care. He's got good food. So verse 10, then it happened that Jesus was reclining at the table in the house. Behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and began dining with Jesus and his disciples. So the disciples are there too. This does not look good on them. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why is your teacher eating with tax collectors and sinners? And I just love this. But when Jesus heard this, he said, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Now go and learn what this means. I desire compassion rather than sacrifice. And I did not come to call righteous but the sinners. So now we have a couple different examples of Jesus doing healings. And first he takes on the scribes who were like the Pharisees. And now he takes on the Pharisees directly. But what do these stories have in common? Well, he's with people who need healing. But remember the paralyzed man. At first, he didn't say, okay, you're healed. No, he said, your sins are forgiven. And I think that speaks to a bigger point. That we really have health issues and different things because there's sin in this world. If there was no sin in this world, we wouldn't have these things. And he addressed that first with the paralyzed man, because what's most important? Is it most important that someone is healed from being paralyzed or that their sins are forgiven? It's their sins. You can have perfect health all of your life and go to hell. You can be crippled all your life and go to heaven. But what determines that 
is, are your sins forgiven? And he's talking about that here too, because he's with tax collectors and sinners. These are the people who need the physician. And when I was thinking about this, you know, we get many prayer requests, and I'm going to ask you to put in your prayers at the end of this, and I'm not going to go much further in this chapter. But we often get, okay, can you pray for so-and-so? And we take prayer requests on the prayer calls, and we pray for a lot of people. But I think we need to, as a habit, identify whether they are he- whether they are born again or not. That way we can direct our prayers more accurately. And, you know, I, I think I've developed the habit, and, you know, I'm probably not perfect in it, but oftentimes when I pray, you know, even, even on Sundays here when I pray at the end, if I have a prayer request, I always ask that God be glorified in that person's life through that healing. Because more important than the healing is that God forgives their sins. And if their sins are already forgiven, hallelujah, we just pray for an even greater testimony that they can go out and use this as a leverage tool to bring people into the kingdom because that's what it's all about, folks. And when Jesus says, it is those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick, but then he gives them, he tells the Pharisees, because the Pharisees know the scriptures. And he quotes, I, be, I believe it's Hosea that he is quoting here. He says, now go and learn what this means. I desire compassion rather than sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And what he's referring to is a time, excuse me, you know, in the Old Testament, it spanned a great amount of time, 4,000 years. And people were living under the law. Those who were keeping the law would go and do sacrifice for the atonement of their sins. But let's get real. If you were doing this, it probably became more of a tradition in your family. Okay, uh, it's the end of the month. Let's uh, let's gather up a goat. <laughs> you know, let's go do this. And I think they lost what it was really meant to represent. That's just something we got to do. You know, I want to be a good, upstanding guy in the community, and everyone else goes and does it. So I'm going to go and do it too. And they missed the concept of it. And so when he says, I desire compassion rather than sacrifice, because if you were just going and doing the sacrifice because you felt it was the right thing to do, it's tradition. My dad did it. His, my dad's dad did it before him. It's just what we do. And you move and you lose the point. What does it do? It just kills a goat. You're not, you know, God didn't need another goat. He didn't need a lamb. He has them all. But he desired someone's heart. And he was forecasting that it's the blood and the sacrifice that is going going to cover your sins. 
It didn't at the time, but it was their heart. Like David had a heart for God. And David was a terrible sinner. I won't list them out, but he had a heart for God. He knew when he did wrong. And I suspect that he believed that God heard every one of his thoughts. And he would converse with God. You read it in the Psalms. He was honest. His heart was there. So when he did do a sacrifice, it had meaning. Jesus didn't come for the righteous, because if there if there was one who was righteous, he wouldn't need God. But there are none. The Pharisees thought they were righteous. And by the way, they still do. Because there's Pharisees all around today. Let me see how long it'll take to do this next part. You know what? I'm I'm just going to leave it there. I'll get into the thing about fasting next week. It won't take that long, but I want to try to keep these under an hour if I can. Hey, if you want to put in any prayer requests into the chat, and I will be happy to pray with you. Yes, thank you. Put it all in all caps so I see it. Oh, thank you, Momster. For I delight at Hosea 6, verse 6, I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice and the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Thank you so much, Momster. I looked it up earlier uh, when I was studying, but I just didn't write it down. Yeah, if you have any prayer requests, and you know, I, I emphasize this every week because it's true. I will pray for you, and I have a strong faith. You know, I I can boast in it to some degree because I've made the choice to just believe. That's it. I, I, you bring the ev- whatever evidence contrary or whatever that you can manufacture. I'm not even going to consider it. I, I just won't. I don't have an open mind. So I think because of that, my faith is simple, and simple is strong. It's not complex. So I will pray for you with a strong faith, but there's nothing special about my prayers. And my the prayer team who are all here in, in the, uh, or many of them are here in the live chat, they're really good at praying. They have a call to pray. Some people have that call. I don't. They do. They're good at it. They can't wait to get there and pray. For me, it takes effort. But their prayers aren't special either. Just because they've they're practiced and they order their words and they sound wonderful when they pray, it's the fact that we pray. It's that we pray. That's all it is. Come just as you are to worship your God. Come just as you are. Speak in your language. God knows your thoughts anyways. All right, Native Mom, good to see you, Linda. Pray for back and joints. Oh, could hardly move to get out of bed. Arthritis and the autoimmune kind. Oh, Lord. Lord, that's a that's a big one. We're going to pray for that. Absolutely. And we're going to pray believing. Okay? <laughs> you don't want your... 
mind to be so open that your brains fall out. <laughs> That's, I love it, Teresa. Bobby was diagnosed with breast cancer near her ribs. Awesome. Awesome. Ordered the mushrooms. Yeah. Mushrooms, I'm telling you, but prayer is more powerful than mushrooms, but mushrooms, you can also step out in faith and can't hurt. That is for sure. And I always think, you know, if you have enough faith, you, you know, your, your wallet kind of determines for many people where your faith is. You say, oh, I have a lot of faith, but I'm not giving any money. If you put out your money, you're actually believing in something. And I'm not trying to sound like the prosperity guys or anything like that. It's just, you know, faith without works. You know, sometimes you got to put something in to get something out. Yeah, we'll definitely pray for that. By the way, I don't know if you've seen some posts on it, and I'm not going to make a comment either way. But for any of you women, Go and look into mammograms before you go and take your recommended, you know, a woman should get a mammogram every so often. They recommend. I have seen some information, strongly strong information that may suggest contrary to what you've been told. So just go and do your own research. Pray to God and ask before you go and volunteer for another mammogram is what I would suggest to you. All right, so those are, I only have the two prayers that I see. I'm just going to scroll up and down, make sure I didn't miss anything. Nope, that is about it. And, you know, the beautiful thing is I think everyone who's here, if you could just pray along with me, even though my words aren't perfect. If you could pray with me, because when two or more are gathered, the Lord is certainly in our presence, and he's in our presence now. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for what you did in your ministry on earth. And Lord, the new covenant was established by you, and you demonstrated your healing power out of your love and compassion for all people. And Lord, I pray for Native Mom right now. Lord, it sounds like awful pain. Lord, and, and as someone who's had back issues, Lord, it's, you don't, if, it's, it's debilitating, Lord. And with arthritis built into it, Lord, it's, it's multiplied in pain, discomfort, and a limiting ability. So, Lord, I ask for her. Lord, I ask for her now that you would mend those things. Lord, it would be wonderful if you will give complete healing. Lord, in fact, that's what we pray for, is complete healing in her, Lord. But, Lord, if if there's reasons, then we pray that you just... Show her that you have heard this prayer. Lord, give her a testimony that she can go out and spread the gospel with. Give her a testimony, Lord. You know her heart. She loves you, Lord, as we do. And we ask in faith for her healing, for her testimony, and that many 
will come to the Lord by that testimony. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for Bobby, and Lord, I don't know if Bobby is saved or not, but she has been diagnosed with breast cancer. And Lord, first I pray if her sins are not forgiven, that Lord, you send ministers to her, and Lord, she chooses to accept you as Lord and Savior, that her sins are forgiven. And Lord, if she is born again, I pray that her faith is built up in you, knowing that her sins are forgiven and that sickness is just because of the sin of the world, not because he has sin in her life, because her sins are forgiven if she's born again. But Lord, in either case, I pray that your name is glorified in this, Lord. And I pray that the next time she goes, the doctors will be amazed and they say, what has happened? Did we read it wrong the first time? And Lord, that Bobby will say, no, a bunch of people prayed to the Lord God most high. His name is Jesus. And it was by the stripes on his body and the shedding of his blood that I am healed. And she will say to them, do you have sin in your life that needs to be forgiven? And Lord, that they will respond accordingly. Bless your name, Lord. Come, now is the time to worship. Right now. Hey, God bless each and every one of you. If you're not supporting the show and if you feel that you get something good out of it, if you'd prayerfully consider supporting it, I would appreciate it. I have been humbled, folks. You know, I was quite successful a number of years ago, but I've, I've like Matthew, I kind of walked away from some riches and I've gone through my savings. I'm not begging. I'm just being honest. And it's, we're, we're just barely getting by right now. But the Lord is my provider. And sometimes he might provide through you. If you just prayerfully consider it, that's all I would ask. Thanks everyone for being here. I hope you have a great day. I really pray that you're kind to each other. And, you know, I notice sometimes in our chat and the Diggs channel that people can get testy. Don't be like a Pharisee. Don't be so legalistic. Look, we call out bad doctrine, and bad doctrine is bad doctrine, but you can do it in love as well, especially to other people in the community. You don't know where everyone is at. You know, you might have been with this community and been growing with us for three years now or longer. And there might be someone who's only been a couple months and they haven't caught up on some of the things that you have. But God meets them where they are in their walk. And each one of us is in a different place. You know, many of you are way ahead of me in your walk with the Lord. I know that. 
so be gentle with me too. But certainly if I give out incorrect information, I need to be corrected because I'm saying this publicly and I will gladly take a rebuke or a, a correction and I will do it publicly. I don't have all the answers. But I do study hard and I do my best to honor the Lord and I trust his Holy Spirit speaks through me as well. God bless each and every one of you. Remember, he loves you so much. His word says to you this day, be loved, be blessed, be the Berean. Don't just listen to these studies and think you got enough of the word. Be the Berean. Get into the word yourself. Don't trust any man or woman. Be the Berean. Search the scriptures out for yourself. And when you do that, you should be motivated enough to go out and join the Write On community. Go to writeonyou.com and select community. It's super good, folks. God bless each and every one of you. And like and comment and get to know each people because it is a community thing. So that way you will make a difference in your community. 